0: episode 17 of but you don't look sick and let's talk 1 year since chemo um i know it seems kind of confusing when there's just so many different chemos out there or if you follow me on social media i'm taking an at-home chemo so it's like what chemo is she actually talking about that ended and you know i went also did 18 rounds of herceptin and so it can be a little confusing in the, I guess, non-cancer world when you're talking about all these different drugs that fall under chemotherapy, but there's immunotherapy, there's targeted therapies, there's all these different things. But when I say that it is one year since the end of chemo, I'm talking about the one that most people would recognize, the one that strips you of everything, the one that makes you walk around bald and look sick and just wreaks havoc on your body and your life. And that's the one I'm talking about. Uh, That's the one that I'm referencing when I say it's been one year since I ended chemo. Um, January 8th will be a day that just, it's kind of like a birthday now. It's something that I just, I don't think I could forget it if I had to. It's one of those days that um, I just have never felt so much relief in my entire life a year ago sitting in the infusion chair, getting that last infusion, knowing it was the last time I had to get TCHP, knowing that um, even in the chair, I remember being so excited, even though I knew that the side effects weren't going to kick in for you know, 24, 48 hours. And then I was going to just be cursing everything that ever existed. Um, and after you know, round four and five that were just so bad. I was just like, please let me get through round six. And um, everyone I had been around had said, you know, the drugs compound. So sometimes round six or So round six for TCHP can be really bad or just in general with chemotherapy, as you build up the drugs in your system, your last round is sometimes your toughest round. And so I was kind of trying to prepare for that. But in my head, I was also thinking nothing could be worse than round four and five. I mean, I was hospitalized. There was new Lasta involved. I I mean, sometimes I even have nightmares about new Lasta, like just waking up thinking I had that little thing attached to my stomach and that it was just gonna go off at any moment and shoot me in the stomach with that awful drug and then I was gonna be like suffocating with bone pain and sorry if that was a little dramatic, but that's how I feel about <laughs> new Lasta. Um so I just I even though with round six I still had to go in and I still had to get shots in my stomach. Um because I was neutropenic before. So just going in and getting the neupogen shots um, every day. I think I went every single day for seven days. Um, Even with that, I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I made it through six rounds of this shit. Um, To back up, I had a conversation with my dad before I had started chemo. And my dad has battled with many different cases of skin cancer. And so he has gone in and he's had so many, not just moles removed, but he's had melanoma removed. Um, and so, I mean, he's he's kind of well-versed in the wait and see what happens kind of phase where it's like oh, he goes in, he, they take out so much um, of a tumor and layers of skin, and then they have to wait to biopsy and they have to wait to tell him. And for him, it would always be like radiation would be a next step, um, not. I mean, chemo if it had spread, obviously to lymph nodes or anything like that. But so I remember talking to him. Like I felt like I could just be really open about my fear of going through this. Um, and I said, I was just. I said, Dad, you know, like it, but it's three or it's six rounds every three weeks, you know. And um, I said, that's a long time. And my dad is a very mathematical man. Everything with him always reverts back to math. Like he will always turn everything into a math equation. And he said, it's really not that long, Kelsey. It's just 18 weeks. And I thought, I, I mean, I guess when you break it down into weeks, it doesn't seem like it's that long. And, you know, I just felt like six rounds seemed like so much at that time, but I know that everybody's chemo is different. Like there are women that go through 12 rounds of a certain of one drug, and then they go on to do a combination drug and everybody's chemo is different. I just remember thinking like, I have to take these four drugs, you know, every three weeks, six times. And I just felt like it was going to be so long. I felt like I was going to be bald forever. Um, and going through it, I felt like I was going to be in pain forever. Like it was just never going to end. Um, and with each round of chemo, you know, you do start to realize that, you know, the pain does end The side effects do, they don't end completely throughout chemo, but the bad ones, you know, are there for me, they were there for four to five days and then I would rebound. But um, you get tired of it. You just, your body gets tired of it. You mentally are just drained. Um, and it's just a lot to go through. So I remember I had seen on social media and, you know, seen people talk about their chemoversaries. I knew it was a celebration. Um, and I knew it was almost like a birthday, but I didn't understand how big of a deal it was until I ended treatment until I went down the elevator from my infusion center and got to ring that bell as loud as I possibly could. And I was holding Odette and Avalon was there and Chris was there. And I just, I mean, that was a moment that I felt so free. That was a moment that I felt um, just so powerful. Like, you know, I i, I had, I, and I didn't know, we didn't know at that time, you know, did the chemo work? completely. Did I have a complete response to the chemo? Um, I didn't in the end, I still had a tumor and there was still disease in my lymph nodes. Um, so I didn't have a complete response, but my tumor did shrink more than ha- by more than half. Um, so I felt like, man, we really did something like we made huge strides before getting to surgery. Um, so I remember just being, um, obviously so happy and so grateful and, everything a year ago. But what I didn't understand was that I, this last year of after chemo was nothing like I could have ever expected. Um, because no one really explains to you how to go about living your life after cancer. Um, the whole experience of life after cancer is actually very complex, truthfully. And it's, um, incredibly difficult because, when you're going through treatment, you always have something to look forward to next. It's like, okay, I went through round one of chemo, round two of chemo. I know what to expect. Um, or you have new side effects that you're tracking. You're constantly taking your temperature. You're constantly being vigilant about not getting sick. Washing your hands, wearing a mask. Um, you know, doing all of these things to be incredibly proactive in fighting the disease. And so once that ends and then i mean yes i still had more things to go through um after chemo ended i still had surgery obviously radiation i was doing herceptin but chemo felt huge because that was kind of like that a huge phase ending my hair would be able to grow back my body would be able to you know have an immune system again <laughs> essentially um all of the really bad side effects that i was experiencing Um, I was watching those just go away or lessen. And so it really was like a, just a huge moment. But at the same time, you know, after chemo came surgery and radiation. And after that, my doctor's appointments slowed down. They decreased tremendously with chemo. I was going in once a week to see my doctors. Um, I was going in to see my breast surgeon every two weeks um so i mean you're i was just constantly being monitored and i felt like that was really you know like monitoring the disease i was i felt like oh okay like everybody's watching me so if anything were to happen or you know we're all in this together so you know we're if anything if anything were to go wrong, they would know automatically because I'm in here all the time. They're constantly taking my blood. Um they're constantly feeling around and making sure that everything is fine. Um not that you're getting scans or you know anything to really tell you that like, "Oh yeah, you're cancer-free." None of that was happening, but you're just constantly being monitored and you get into that routine of just constantly seeing your doctors, being able to talk about your side effects, how you're feeling. Um all those kinds of things. And then once you get through these huge milestones and your, your doctor's appointments start to go to every month or when you, for your breast surgeon, every couple months, it's, it's emotional. It's crazy. I remember going to my breast surgeon after, um, after my mastectomy, and him telling me, you know, everything looks great. We'll see you in 3 months. Um and I was like I almost just broke down. I'm like, what are you talking about 3 months? I can't go 3 months without seeing you. I've never even gone 3 weeks without seeing you. And Chris was in the room and I said, this is like, this like mildly feels like a breakup right now. And he just started laughing. I said, no, really. And I was just filled. I was like holding back tears because I just, in that moment, I was just like a wave of like panic and anxiety and nausea just came over me because I just thought like, what do you mean? You're not going to be monitoring me all the time. And what do you mean? It's like up to me to now live my life after all of this. Like I can't just go back to being normal or living a normal life. Like how is this possible? And, um, my nurse navigator who I've said, she's gone through breast cancer. Um, she came up to me after that appointment She's she was like, what you're, you know, what you're feeling is completely normal. Um, that's how I felt afterwards too, is kind of like, how do you just not put this all behind you by any means because you can't, but how do you, figure out living a life now when all you've done is structure your entire day based around doctor's appointments and what time to take medication and monitoring your symptoms? Um, How do you just kind of not do that anymore? And for doctors, it's like, well, this this is the plan. And they have so many more women that are in your situation that they have to see. So it's not all about you. Um, but for you, it's like, no, it's all about me. <laughs> like I need someone to be watching me all the time. So that was really difficult for me. And I'm still struggling with that even a year later, just um, figuring out how to live life when you've been through something so big. Um, not only that, but ending treatment, especially chemo, there was no like clear cut You're cancer free for me. I think that's like very much a movie thing or (laughs) something like that, where it's like, oh, you're they come out and there's a celebration and you're jumping up and down, like you're cancer free. Like this, it's this big announcement that never happened for me. And it still hasn't happened for me, where my doctors have sat me down and said, you know, you're cancer free. I never had any scans done or anything like that after chemo, radiation, surgeries. I've never had any scans that were looking for disease. Um, You know, after you have your mastectomy, they tell you obviously that your margins were clear when they take out all the breast tissue. And if they have to go back in, they will. Um, Like I had to go back in when there was residual disease in my lymph nodes and get that taken out. Um, And so for me, I think that was the part where they were like, well, yeah, you're cancer free. Um, And for breast cancer, it's kind of like when when you do chemo, surgery, radiation, the three huge, most recommended treatment plans, when you do those and you complete those, it's kind of like, yeah, you've graduated to now going back to living your life. Um, but for me, there was not – and this could be different for everybody else and it could be dependent on your oncologist or what, whatever your team of doctors decides. You may be getting scans when you end all of this. I did not. there, And I remember asking my oncologist, like – so when do I get like these scans? Like when, when do I get to go in for like a full body scan? I want to, I just want to know that there's like no cancer anywhere. And he looked at me like I was nuts. And he's like, um, we don't do that. Like there, you're not getting a full body scan of anything. And I'm like, what are you, what are you talking about? Like, how do we know, how do we know this all worked? How do we know that it's not anywhere? And, um, my oncologist and my oncology PA, who I've said, I'm very close with her. Um, They both just kind of looked at me like, "Well, we just monitor you now. We monitor your symptoms um, if you have any symptoms, you know. So if you have any pain anywhere that is ongoing, you need to let us know, and then we'll order a scan to to rule out that cancer is anywhere else or to rule out a reoccurrence." And I'm like, "Wait, so now I'm just like a sitting duck? Like now I just we? It's just a wait and see? Like it's and that's where the anxiety builds in. Like it is a keep living your life." except in the back of your head always be vigilant always be you know monitoring your body always be thinking that yes and essentially anything anything could happen not that you want it to happen like nobody is wishing for that but you know I can't necessarily go back to the way that I was pre-cancer where it's like I never went to the doctor it didn't even matter if I knew I had strep throat it was like nope it'll go away on its own I can I can just get through this. Like I just never went to the doctor. Um, And so I'm like, I can't go back to that. And so it was just, it's always about like, you know, am I a hypochondriac if my nose is running for however long and I should, is it a cold? Is it cancer? I stubbed my toe. Is it, is it a broken toe or is it toe cancer? like and so i always kind of make fun of myself for that when it comes to my doctors and i'm like you know i was really having ankle pain the other day could it be ankle cancer should we get a scan of my ankle because i just i just don't know and you really are just it's weird it's weird to to have this sense of relief and this sense of like i have a second chance at life but then also not know how to live it Um, so I think for me, that was really, that was a hard part. And still now to this day, not having like any scans, I know they like, I still go in and every time I see my doctor every couple of weeks, they take a lot of labs. So they take a lot of blood and they're testing and they're looking at liver levels and they're looking at all of these different things because I am on an at-home chemo. But I still kind of like wanted that aha moment of, me being able to, like, tattoo it on my forehead that I'm cancer-free. <laughs> and I feel like I've been gypped out of that. Um, and I've told my – I mean, obviously, I've, I'm so open. Of course, I've told my oncologist that exact same thing. Like, you know, I really feel like I was gypped in this whole ending cancer treatment thing because, like, where's my, where's my big sign? Where's my – like, can I make shirts? Can we, like, form a team? And it's like Kelsey's cancer-free – like, what can we do? But really – it's not like that. It's like your consolation prize is life. And that's something to be grateful for. Um, and as much as I hated chemo, I was also afraid of knowing that there was still like a tumor or anything else growing inside of me. And so, you know, going through chemo, you, you kind of feel like you're just so proactive. Like you really do feel like you are fighting this disease because literally you're killing everything else in your entire body. Every healthy cell in your body, you're in there and you're killing it. So you feel like there's just no way anything else could survive. Um, and so then when chemo ends and then you kind of feel like, wait, my body is left to fight anything on its own now. My, like My immune system has to rebuild. And hopefully my immune system comes back stronger. Um, and so, like I said, like going back, it's just, you really are just filled with so much anxiety um, about all of it. And I do encourage anybody to that's going through it to really talk it out with your oncologist or your nurses or your nurse navigator. The anxiety is something that they hear about all the time. And there are many survivors that i've talked to that after treatment ends they go and they seek out another form of treatment and they go ahead and go to therapy and be able to talk about life after cancer because it is confusing and it's hard to explain to someone who hasn't gone through it so even though you know chris he lived through this with me he doesn't i know he's filled with anxiety and i know he um you know, I know that he thinks about reoccurrence and he thinks all these things and he's incredibly grateful for everything that we went through in the last year and me being able to get through it. But at the same time, you know, he, he, he sees me and I'm doing all of these different things and I'm, I'm feeling good. And so when I do have a day that I feel bad, it's kind of, he's kind of like, wait, what, why, why are you feeling bad? Like what's, what's happening? Um, and it's hard for anybody who hasn't gone through it to understand like that the emotions are up and down all day every day. You know, you can just stop for a second and think about what you've gone through and instantly just be angry or frustrated. Um and then on the flip side you wake up every morning and you're just incredibly grateful. And so it's like this this you know yo-yo effect of emotion. You're up, you're down, you're up, you're down. You just don't know um what to do and I think that time, you know, is what helps to heal that. Um, And for me, when I do start to feel like I'm just all over the place, I just kind of have to revert back to the thinking of I can only control what I can control. And it does me no good to stress out about things that I have absolutely no control over. And, you know, that's how I kind of got through, that's how I got through chemo was just realizing that I had to just let this whole thing take its course. I had to go with the motions and this is how chemo works. And at the end, I'll get through it and then I'll bounce back. But I couldn't control anything about the drugs. I couldn't control necessarily even how my own body reacted to these drugs. I just had to kind of like adapt to it and then overcome it and that's how i feel now is that sitting here and worrying about you know a reoccurrence or sitting here and worrying about whether the drug that i'm on now is going to prevent me from a reoccurrence anything like that is just kind of wasted wasted time it's wasted energy um and so i have to keep reminding myself to like i am not in control um and that's hard for me. I'm like a type A personality type person. Ask my children, um, I need to be in control. <laughs> but for this, it's like, no, you're not in control. You need to just be grateful and happy and live your life and stay positive. Um, one year since chemo, though, I can say that my life is better in so many ways than it ever was before cancer. I, I now know what makes me happy. Um, I know how to fight for my own happiness now. I didn't really know that before cancer. Before cancer, I really did think that I was doing all of the right things by just being so selfless and just giving everything to my children and my family and not really thinking about myself. I thought that that meant I was doing a really good job at being a mom and a wife. I, had, I really did have no idea that I should be taking care of myself, as stupid as that sounds. But I really did feel like, you know, I was a young mom. I had Ace when I was 22. Um, You know, Chris and I got married at 19. I didn't really have any of this avenue of growing up as an adult. Chris and I grew up together. Chris and I grew up with Ace. So I always felt like I was just pouring all of my energy and my life into my kids and into making sure that everything was taken care of at home, so that Chris could go and be all that he can be in the army. Um, but I really never stopped to think about myself, um, and I didn't realize how destructive that was until I got cancer. And then it was, it, everything was about me and. Everything, you know, I could only put my health first because if I couldn't even get through a round of chemo, how was I going to pick up my kids from school? How was I going to do anything else? And so, going through all of this, I really did start to understand that my happiness manifests itself in my physical well being. And I had no idea that those two correlated. I didn't really have anybody telling me that those two things were very important um, that my mental and physical health were connected. I you know I moved away from my family when I went to college and I never went back. um so it's not like I had a mom or you know family members around me saying, listen, like you being this paranoid controlled freak about your kids and never even like taking a day to go do something for yourself like that's unhealthy. I had no idea I really did genuinely feel like to To be the best mom and the best wife, I needed to just be the most unselfish person and not really think about myself, but obviously that was destructive and cancer cancer really freed me from that cycle of just negativity, and I didn't even see it as negative um, at the time. but now now seeing how I am after going through all of this and how ha- and seeing how happy I am. Through all of this, and I remembered going through chemo, Chris said, even though this is the worst time in your life, I've never seen you happier. And that was because I felt like the pressure was off of me having to do all these kid things and having to make sure that the house was clean and making sure that you know we had dinner on the table and making sure that laundry was done. Like I didn't have to do any of those things. I couldn't do any of those things. And it was like a weight lifted and the thing that for me to realize and Chris reminded me of this was like everything still was okay the house was still functioning the kids still got off to school regardless if their outfits matched perfectly um regardless if who knows what was in their lunch boxes i mean there might have been just like five packs of goldfish in there who knows um but everything was still okay and you know as being like a control freak realizing that I didn't need to be in control and that none of those things that I stressed out about before even mattered. It was so freeing. And so going through cancer and this last year, I now know what makes me happy. I've had time to think about it. I've had time to write it down. I've had time to manifest it and take steps into making it happen. And I know what I want out of life because I came pretty damn close to the opposite of life. Um, and I never, I never want to, to have that feeling again, to have that feeling of, I just don't know, you know, how long I'm going to live. Um, you know, the fear of the unknown when you're sitting there and they just, they can't tell you how this is all going to work out in the end. Um, cancer brought me so many new experiences It brought me new friendships. It brought me so many new people in my life that are wonderful and I needed. And if cancer never came into my life, I would have never put myself out there into those friendships. Like I said, I would have just gone about it only being about my children and my husband. And I would have never thought about, you know, going out and really cultivating these relationships that I have now with people that are so amazing. I couldn't imagine my life without these people in my life and cheering me on and me cheering them on and just having such a support system of love and fun and happiness. And I would have never put myself out there had cancer not come in to my life. Um, and on the flip side, I also got rid of a lot of negative and I learned that you know it's okay to not have people in your life that even if it's your family, and I've said this in past episodes um, negativity is negativity is just a drain on life. it's kind of like chemo in itself you know it it's destructive um nothing good really can come from negative relationships in your life, and I had no idea about that until. Um, I was going through chemo and I had people that didn't support me or I had people that said awful things to me um, about the way that I was going about treatment or the way that I was thinking or just anything. And it, it made me realize that if somebody in my life could say those types of things to me or act a certain way to me when I'm going through this, that's not somebody that I want in my life. And so I grew a pretty heavy set of balls. (laughs) And I got rid of the people around me that I probably should have gotten rid of years ago, but I didn't know that they were, they brought me happiness either. I, you know, you hear the phrase that misery loves company, but you don't really want to attribute it to your own life. Um, but I was really, really unhappy and I was really sad in many areas of my life before cancer. And, um, I, I drew in negativity. I invited in the other type of miserable people who were in the same boat and we all just kind of wallowed in our sorrow. Um, and it's so unhealthy and I didn't even realize any of that was unhealthy until I went through cancer and I went through cancer treatment. And then, you know, everything with cancer, put your life into perspective and you really start to think you, you press that reset button and you say, no, this is how I'm going to live my life. No, this is what I see for the future. And you really are able to create your own. As scary as that sounds sometimes too, like I don't really know what's, what is life after cancer. Um, it's a second chance. It's a chance to do what you want to do. And that's what I feel like happened when I, when I finished that sixth round of chemo it was like, okay, now I can start something because now I'm not going to be sick every three weeks. Um, now I can, I can, I can take all of these things and all of these, all of these thoughts that I've put into my gratitude journal and the things that I've written down and these vision boards and everything that I had been creating for my life, I can now put them into practice. And that felt so amazing. Um, Chemo also gave me a sense of confidence within myself that I don't think anything else in my life could have. Um, obviously, nobody wants to lose their hair. Nobody wants to lose their eyebrows. No, Nobody wants to just look and feel so sick. Um, no one wants to walk around looking like they have cancer, you know, especially when you just moved to a new place, you don't know anyone, um your kids don't really know anyone. And so you're, you're still trying to make all of these new friendships or you're still trying to, you know, be, put yourself out there, whether that's with, um, your kids activities or with moms or with new schools or whatever it is. But now you have to do that bald and not feeling like yourself. Um, and so you know i i remember being so anxious um those first couple rounds and losing my hair and not knowing what to do with my eyebrows not knowing even how to put on eyebrows um if you talk to chris he'll probably tell you that the the entire theme of my chemotherapy was like eyebrows because I didn't know what to do with them. And then you're drawing them on and then you can smudge them. And there's just so many times that I would like ask myself is, is this, is me going out of the house today? Is this something that requires eyebrows or just really big sunglasses? Because it was a task. Um, So, you know, having to kind of go through that and face your fears head on and, that was, that was hard, but I also feel like I wanted to do that so much for my kids, for them to see that even though inside I was cringing having to go to the soccer game, bald, or the grocery store, bald, or come pick them up from school because they're sick and walk into the office, bald, and have all these people look at me and have my kids' friends point and laugh and ask questions. Um, it also gave me such a sense of confidence. It gave me such a sense of like, no, you are a fucking badass. Like you can do this. Um, and that even now I realized, you know, when you have everything stripped away from you and that's what you identify yourself with, like you really are left to nothing. And so it is up to you to build yourself back up, to used to worry about don't really matter anymore. Like, how does my hair look? Well, I don't have any, so that really doesn't matter. Um, you know, like just, it's just an incredibly liberating and painful experience at the same time, going through chemo, but coming out of it now, it's just, and having hair, th- thank you hair. Thank you hair for coming back. That's very, very kind of you. Eyebrows, not so much. Eyelashes, you got a long way to go. But, um, you know, being able to come back and you just have such a different perspective on life and you're you don't think about the things that you once did, um, especially when it comes to your looks, I guess. And this is probably just for me. I talked to many, many women and many survivors who, you know, getting their hair back is their number one goal. And to each their own. For me, I'm kind of having fun playing with whatever my hair is doing, shaving the sides, having some type of like skunk thing on the top. I mean, I don't even know, but I just kind of am like, you know, I know what I look like with a bald head. So if all else fails with my hair, I can always just shave it. Um, <laughs> I didn't mind the buzz cut, to be honest. I actually liked that phase. Um, but yeah, if you're going through chemo right now, or you're about to start chemo, I know that you're feeling like it's going to be forever. Like you're going to go through that forever. You're going to be sick forever. And it is also just the unknown. How is your body going to react to this? How sick are you going to be? What is the fatigue really going to be like? Will nausea be involved? Um, If you have kids, you're definitely freaking out about how you're going to take care of them. What are they going to think? Um, and let me just tell you, when it comes to your kids, you're going to be amazed at them. I mean, I look at my four every day and I just think you guys are the strongest people. Um, and they gave me so much strength and they're so resilient, but they, they become so empathetic throughout this process. Um, they start to realize that, you know, not everybody... Life is picture perfect. They realize they've asked me so many times. Well, are other people's moms going to get cancer? And you know, we, you know, we should help them. <laughs> and you know, any time that they see even somebody remotely with short hair, now they kind of think like, well, is that person going to lose their hair too? So it's kind of like a double-edged sword. <laughs> they, they're a little jaded by cancer, but at the same time, they talk about it and they want to talk about it and they want to help people and. um they don't necessarily look at people like they're sick when they probably are. They just kind of think like, oh, you know, that person's normal. If they see another cancer patient at the infusion center, they're like, oh, hey, mom. Like, remember when you didn't have hair? I mean, just they're they're amazing in, in their resolve. And I think that that helped me to keep going every single time. Um, and it still helps me to keep going now is that you just live, you live through them, you live through their happiness. Um, and you live through, you know, how naive they are. (laughs) Like they don't know that they don't know the severity of cancer. Um, so just know that if you're going through this, especially with kids, like you will, you will get through it. If you don't have kids that, I mean, I'm not saying you need kids at any point to get through chemo. Um, (laughs) but you will get through it and it's going to be hard i'm not going to ever tell anybody that chemo is easy i'm not going to sugarcoat it and say that you're not going to be incredibly sick and that you're going to wish that you didn't do this um you are you're going to hit those moments where you don't think you can keep going and you're going to hit those breaking moments where you're just going to be so angry and you're going to scream and you're going to cry. You're going to be scared. You're not going to know what's happening at times with your body. Um, just trust, trust in the process. Trust your doctors. Be very open with your doctors with every symptom. Um, they're there to help you get through this. And you don't need to put on a brave face. You don't need to be strong in this. You can be vulnerable and you can be a wimp if you want, you know what I mean? Like you don't, everybody always talks about strength and you're so strong and all of this. Well, if you don't want to be strong, don't be strong, you know, rely on other people, look for that support. Um, but just know in the end that yes, it is up to you to get through chemo. It's up to you to get through cancer treatments. And so you got to dig deep and just find a way to keep going when you don't want to. Um, Find a way to keep going through treatment, especially chemo, because you do willingly have to go in every couple weeks or whenever your treatment schedule is and you have to sit there knowing that the drugs are going to come in and then the side effects are going to follow and you have to push through Um, and you will. You'll check each treatment off until you get to your last one and you get to ring that bell and you get to know that that you are incredibly, incredibly capable of doing hard things in your life. And then now for me, I compare everything to chemo, everything. Even when I don't want to go to the grocery store, I'm like, well, I hate the grocery store, but it's not as bad as chemo. So I guess I'll just go. Um, I compared my mastectomy to chemo. I, can, I literally compare everything to chemo um, because that was just the hardest 18 weeks of my life, but I got through it. So if you're, if you're in that position, just know that I, I mean, it will go by so fast. I can't even believe it's been a year since I ended that. Like it feels like I stopped chemo just yesterday. Like I feel like I was just bald yesterday. <laughs> like I feel I feel like my body was so weak yesterday when in all actuality, it is so strong now coming out of chemo and radiation and five surgeries and everything else. Um, it's, it's just crazy. It's crazy to look back. It's crazy to see pictures of a time when you didn't think that you could keep going and then you did. Um, and you did it with a smile on your face. And I encourage people to do that as well to take pictures throughout this process, take a picture every time you go through one round of chemo. So you can look back and say, wow, like look like each and every single time I had a smile on my face, each and every time I walked away, you know, stronger with a different perspective, with more strength, with more confidence, um, do those things for you. You don't have to share them with anyone, but it is, it's encouraging to look back on. Cause sometimes not that I tell anybody that, you know, you need to, Just like dwell in the past or anything, but you do sometimes need to look back to see where your life is now. And to see me now and then see a picture of me in that infusion chair is crazy. Like it's a crazy amount of emotion. Um, And it's a lot of emotion. Sometimes you're still grieving. Sometimes I can't believe that I went through this. Sometimes I can't believe that my family had to be put through this. Um, But you know, you look back on those pictures and then you kind of see how it ends. You see where you are now. And it's an incredible feeling to know that you can do anything. Just stay positive, stay mentally strong, and you can really, really do amazing things. And getting through chemo should be something that's celebrated. So I'm definitely celebrating my chemoversary. I didn't even know that was a thing, you know, prior to cancer. Didn't know people celebrated things like this, but definitely celebrating this milestone. Um, not just for me, but for Chris as well, because, oh, bless that man. He went through a lot with chemo. Um, and my kids and my family in general, just being able to be here one year later is incredible feeling. And so I really do want to encourage you I know there's so many women that are listening to this podcast and you're going through this or you're about to go through chemo. So just know that you're going to get through it. It'll go by fast. Well, actually, no, that's a lie. It's going to go by really slow in the moment. But then when you look back, it's going to be like, wow, that went by really fast. (laughs) But just check it off. Take care of yourself. Listen to your body. Rest when you need to rest. And then when you feel good, do everything you want to do. Eat what you want to eat. Um you know, just have fun in life and, and make the lists and make the dreams and make everything that you want when chemo ends, make those things happen when you get to ring that bell. And it's an amazing feeling. So yay for no more chemo, even though I've already been through it for a year, but like reliving it with you right now is fantastic. So, um, thank you guys so much for listening and I will talk to you next week.